Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive, our weekly podcast where we share our stories of starting and running our float centers. You can join us as we work together to raise the education level on building, marketing, and running our float centers. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Art of the Float. And as always, you can find us on artofthefloat.com to find show notes, links, pictures from every episode, all that good stuff. And there will be a few pictures at the intro of today's shows that you might might want to reference. Um, I'll be asking some some questions about some social media stuff that I'm doing. I am one of your hosts, Dylan. I own the float shop with my wife, Sandra Calm, in Portland, Oregon. I'm joined, as always, with Amy of Float Nashville, and producer Brian is joining us tonight as well. And I'll be excited to introduce our guest, Michelle MacArthur of Daydream Social Media, on later in the show. Uh, our guest actually has a social media company that is... Um, kind of geared towards float centers. I shouldn't say kind of geared towards float centers. This is somebody who wanted to start her own float center. And so we'll be talking to her about that, how she transitioned to social media, and then uh, pick her brain and, and see what we can learn from her as well about social media. I want to let everybody know that our next roundtable is fast approaching. We've taken a break for a few months, but uh, next up, we're covering social media marketing. Utilizing social media marketing is huge for your float center. We'll be covering a wide range of topics, so you'll learn how to hone and understand your message, plan out your posts across multiple platforms, and create original content to use on social media rather than just copying and pasting everything that you're using. I also want to give a shout out to FloatHelm before we get started. FloatHelm is the software built from the ground up, designed specifically for your float center. And as I may have mentioned before, this uh, float software brings everything that you need, all the different types of software that you're using, whether it's software and browser software, it brings it all into one tab so that uh, it all talks to each other. It's all nice and simple, uh, tracking your metrics. Uh, organizing discussions uh, <laughs> within your company, including a log that's 24 by 7, just a constant log, as well as uh, private projects that you could be working on and everybody doesn't have to see what's going on with that particular project. So floathelm.com is where you want to go to check that out and schedule a free tour. Amy, how are you doing? How are you doing this week? Save me, save me. I'm stumbling over my words here. <laughs> I don't know. You? I think it's just leftovers of the storm. It's just going to make us it? all a little crazy, you know? For us, it's the uh, fire. It must be. That's right. You have I'm the breathing fire. fresh air again, and my brain's like, storm. what? <laughs> <laughs> Too much oh, oxygen. Yeah. Too much. Too yeah. much. Is it such a thing? We, we uh, got a custom. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> I'm doing well. Doing well. Keeping busy, you know, starting this uh, second float center has really. Uh, it's really taken up my time, my energy, and that has pretty much been my week. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, I, I know, it. crazy, right? That never happens. You'd think it would just be like, you know, call you, call your bankrupt and be like, make this happen. Well, you already voila. did it once. So, I mean, it seems like just a quick <laughs> copy-paste. I, yeah. I, I'm not I, sure. Uh, <laughs> it's easy, right? So you just set up a couple a couple bathtubs and put some Epsom yeah. salt in there? <laughs> It'll be fine, right? That's all it is. It's funny. I was having a conversation with Mark, my, my partner, this week. And I said, you know, I, I think this is kind of like, I, I've never had children, but I think this might be a little bit like giving birth where, you know, the mother goes through all this birthing pain and it's horrible, horrible. And then they have this beautiful baby and mm. they forget everything that just happened. They want to do it all over again. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this crap. You know, I forgot about how yeah. awful it is. 
Yeah, once you recover um, a few years later, yeah. it's like, that was a beautiful was, time. Mm, yeah. I wish I could go back. Let's do it again. And you do. You think it's going to be easier the second time. You do. You think that. You Somewhere, there's like something feeding you the lie <laughs> to keep you moving forward. I'm sure it's like nature's way of keeping us moving forward, progressing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. Totally. But uh, it's a lie. It's all a lie. But <laughs> you have to admit the bar is higher this time. Like, it's, you understand. I mean, the game board is so much bigger. I feel like you're right. playing multiple games of chess as like the first one was yeah. for, for me it was checkers it was very basic for you it was probably a game of chess and but now it's it's so much and and you're not duplicating float nashville one to one right it's not a photocopy it's you're doing right. you're doing something it's another float center but you're approaching it in a much different way that's so true. And, and a lot of things change. So, you know, you plan for one thing and you get something completely different. So, uh, you know, with Float Nashville, of course, we didn't know what we were doing. It was all different back then. Um, but, you know, when we, we made our budget, when we planned this, we're like, yeah, we're looking for building. It's like twenty four to 2,800 square feet. And this is what we're going to put in. Now we're in a building that's 5,200 square feet. I don't know how that happened. And um, I do know how it happened. I unfortunately was there to sign the papers. But, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Once again, that whole must be like having kids thing. Um, and I, you know, and not only to cover that overhead now, we're having to readjust. We're having to add things and 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 move things around on the budget and beg and plead and, and borrow. And the the uh, the landscape has changed. Nashville's changed. So right. we're in the middle of this mm. massive boom. This mm. Supposedly some it city, whatever that means. Still haven't figured that one out. But um you know, and and there's a shortage of people, and there's people building left and right, mm. and everything is just you know going crazy. Um, things that you don't expect to be affected are affected. You you suddenly begin to understand exactly what it means when people are saying you know how fast Nashville is growing. You don't realize oh that that uh, is going to affect. Um, it, how the subcontractors that I can get. That's going to affect the people who are going to care about my business. Mm -hmm. That's going to affect how the bank treats me. It's going to affect how, um, how, what kind of priority I am. So uh, it has been, you know, it's, it's always a learning experience, and this is, this is really no different. I'm, um, it, it's a little, little crazy, but I have good news this week. Please. Uh, <laughs> All right. I'm so, excited. Kind of, kind wow. Of. Okay. I thought we were going to end this without any good news. We're a step in the right direction. So um, <laughs> we went through this before. I, I had a pre-approved loan. And all we had to do was wait for a contractor, get the contractor to uh, give the bank an estimate. We could sign for the loan. And, you know, life is all sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns. Right. Um, Easy peasy. Well, at least at least I have money at that point. Right. right. So uh, because of the lack of contractors and because of the ridiculous, ridiculous uh, numbers that I'm getting for estimates for build out, um, that has not happened. And I lost my loan for the second time last week. Now, that's OK. Because you started this right with in. good news. Yeah. So I, right in. I went right back in, wow. talked to my banker, beg, you know, beg, plead, whatever. And he's like, okay. I said, we're close. We're really close. I know we're going to get it this week. We have one last, one last contractor to give over his, his numbers. And this one has got to be it. He knows our budget. Mm. It's going to be good. So I'm, he's like, fine. You know, we'll, we'll talk to the underwriter. It'll be okay. You know, just oh. let me know Monday. So Monday I'm sitting. We, Mark and I need some comfort food. We went out for some Korean food. I'm sitting at lunch. Nice. And my nice. real estate agent calls me. And... Actually, she doesn't call me. She texts me. She says, we need to have a conference call ASAP. Now, every single time she does this, it means like she has this horrible, devastating news. And I'm like, 
Dang it. No. Um, so I'm like, damn. So Mark calls, and sure enough, the last contractor came in with a bid that was twice double what our budget is, and, and just ridiculous. It's like a huge number. Um, that is just not going to work. But she's like, but I've got, I've got something. She's like, I found this contractor. It's really highly recommended. I looked him up. He's great. Um, I've talked to a few people about him. And he looked at the plans. He looked at the space. He's, he's agreed to do it. And um, he's going to cap it a certain amount. And the great that she's, <laughs> the, the amount she gave me was still ridiculous. I'm like, Liz, still, still about 90000 over budget. But oh. um, she's like, but she's like, if there's no surprises, he thinks he can do it really close to your estimate. Um, and the good thing is, is you can stop. Like, he'll do some stuff. And you can stop whenever I was going to ask. Okay. So cool. when you get to your budget, when your budget is spent, we can stop. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we can do this. We can and he's do this. good. Is, is he signed uh, yeah. on? Uh, so, well, he's in the process now. I called my banker. Everything's working. They're, they're getting him approved. Um, they told me I could go ahead and make a date to come in and sign for the papers. Oh, we my God. have a nice little safety net um, that has been arranged. And finally, Finally, I'm going to get money because, you know, my <laughs> yeah. bank, I can pay everything, Damn, everything Amy. out of my bank account. So, you know, we're already about 40, 50 grand in. And I've been writing the checks and I'm gone. This isn't this isn't so much fun anymore. <laughs> Don't like that number where it is in my bank account. Um, so we're finally we're finally making progress. Now, you know, what we're doing is we're lining everything up. We're making sure that the construction is, oh, is yes. you know, when does it get started? Now we have to line up the permits. Is it going to get started after the permits? Okay, so the permits are going to be here. Construction starts here. When do we get the electrician in? When do we have to get the permits for the float tanks? When do we have to? And we're trying to line everything up. Because, you know, everything always goes according to plan. But that, so as soon as I set this timeline, everything will be perfect. Yeah, of course, right. right. But that part yeah. does seem like fun for you. Like no. creating a spreadsheet of timeline, that seems right up your alley. That, that part. <laughs> Part's fun. The part, the part knowing that I know it, everything's yeah. gonna fall apart like ten million times on my yeah. timeline is gonna make me batty. <laughs> so, um, yeah. That also sounds true of of yeah. Amy Grimes. <laughs> I can't. I can't <laughs> handle it. I can't. There's too much stuff out of my control. Um, but hey, which is the oh, hardest part for me. That is great news. Congratulations. Yeah. Cheers to you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. That was a little scary there. Some time went by oh. without uh, hearing anything. So it's been a while for us. It's been a hot second since we've had some good news from Amy. It's, it's very nice to hear. For, for, for the expansion, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for the expansion, her, yeah. Hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. Um, so, yeah, so things are progressing. We still have – there's still issues. It's not perfect. We've got some problems. But the fact that we can at least move forward with one thing, I'm hoping other things fall into place. So that was my week. Good <sighs> news. By the Makes time so we happy. meet – by the time this goes to air, I'll actually have signed all the paperwork and we'll be good to go. Woohoo! Woohoo! You can tweet your congratulations at Art of the Float. Mention Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Drink, drink some champagne in my honor. Take a take a picture. Um, I would love that because um, there's nothing better. This is be champagne. I like prosecco personally. There's nothing better than a little bit of sparkly, a little bit of bubbly to make life really, really good. So you gotta celebrate. Um, we're all gonna celebrate. You know, I'll be breaking open the bubbly. I've got I've got three bottles <laughs> in my fridge right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> It's time. I'm sure it's going to come. I just can keep buying this until we have something to celebrate. Exactly. <laughs> you better believe it. 
so yeah. So yeah, happy. Good week. So happy good, for good you. Good week. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> it makes me so happy. And but of course, but of course, you're Amy Grimes. Of course, you're gonna make uh, it happen. Well, we. I think we all end up doing it. It's just how we get there. Is the is the, is the adventure, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of pivoting that happens. There's. <laughs> I don't Gotta be flexible. Know. Yeah. Uh, my yoga. I have some tiny good news. I've started like climbing that. again. And this is just, <gasps> yeah. I know this isn't nice like the, the, the personal hour for us, but, um, you know, we do tra- talk about uh, the balance in our lives and all that stuff. And uh, having uh, the baby girl, like, totally threw me through a loop. And just, I've been climbing a couple times a week, which has been fantastic. And I suck. Uh, and um, it doesn't really matter because I'm just able to go there. And it's for a shorter amount of time. And it's fine, too, because I burn out. But... It's been fun. I, I think I mentioned it on a show previously, but I have a client who was like, yeah, I, I've been listening forever. And, you know, you used to talk about how you'd go climbing almost every single day or, or like you can't imagine waking up before 10 a.m. and you climb every single day. And now <laughs> you haven't been climbing in like a year and you wake up at 7 a.m. They thought that was really funny. How does it change? How does it change you? And how does it change your schedule with climbing? What kind of differences do you see when you take that time for yourself? I think for me, it's a lot of like stress relief because when you're like, you know, 10 feet off the ground, you're not thinking about your next media campaign. You're not thinking about taxes. You're not thinking about anything except your own survival, you know, and there's, there's not a whole lot of times where that's on my mind, you know, I'm always thinking about something businessy or I'm thinking about the family. And so this is just one time, like I'm not thinking of the next instant pot recipe. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm literally like, what, what do I need to do in my body here to, to make the next move? And I think that just chills me out. It just brings me back down to zero a little bit. And so, um, yeah, just being in balance. I love being sore. I love that being the cycle of my body's recovery and everything. It, it feels kind of like home. And so, uh, yeah, I, for me, it's just a really big deal. I dig it. And uh, awesome. D- still haven't talked to my friends in, in years. <laughs> so that'll be <laughs> step number two. But uh, yeah, that's it's that's good to have great. one of, one of the, the plates spinning again, basically. Um, thank you, Brad. And uh, as far as like float shop stuff goes, though, um, you know, I've mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again. You got to get into those outlets and you got to clean those outlets. And so today I was, I was in there and I was blowing out dust, wiping it down and everything. Of course, after shutting off the breaker and, uh, just, uh, set a timer for yourself or put it on the calendar that on one of those cleaning days, I would say probably twice a year is a good idea. Get into those light switches and all that stuff. It's amazing how much salt gets into everything. And so the more that you can do to get ahead of the curve, don't let something burn out or trip or as something I've had happen is uh, one of the light switch buttons actually started pushing out of itself and we had to replace it. Uh, So yeah, crazy. Uh, um, And that was one of the heavier salt covered use buttons, you know, it's like people with wet hands would be touching that. And uh, so yeah, just, just an FYI really encourage people to, to make sure that's just part of their thing. And it's funny when it's just part of what you do, like testing your float water and all that stuff, it, it is just that you just do it and you move, you okay. move on. It's not like, Oh, here's another thing I gotta do. Or, you know, uh, yeah. the other thing, and you know, really, I think, um, I think I'll save this for when Michelle is on because I'm, I'm finally doing something, you know, our first round table was about marketing. And one of the things that you talked about was, uh, I think it's called canvas. Or Canva? Canva. Canva, Canva yeah. I and Canva. I finally, finally set myself up on that. I um, So what this is, is it's 
designed to take your brand identity. So like colors that you, I, I'm not going to say your entire brand, but certain factors, pieces of your uh, brand identity. So colors, your logo, uh, fonts that you like to use. And then you can create little social media posts. Instagram, it has um, different picture sizes uh, for Instagram and for Twitter and for Facebook so that you can create these templates or just original, completely original content every time if you want to. But even if it is completely original each time, it makes it super simple so that um, you know you can you can just access those colors you can grab your logo you can make your brand consistent on social media which is not the best trade of the float shop although i think we're decent-ish um, but uh, i know there are a lot of float centers out there that struggle with that and it's so difficult it's so difficult to create original content and like who, what software are you going to use? They don't even have MS Paint anymore. So I don't know how you're supposed to create <laughs> artwork for your social media. And you so and me both, Dylan. <laughs> yeah. Love me some MS Paint. And so um, it's so great to just have the software. I, I want to say it's 114 bucks a year uh, or it's something like 14 bucks a month or something like that. And it's uh, maybe, maybe cheaper. You gave a look um, there. Mine is 9.99 a month. Oh, damn. Remember? Well, I think it might've gone up a little bit. Uh, I pay it in a year in advance, so maybe that. Okay, may, okay, maybe it is. Yeah, that that might be right. Paying ahead, yeah. Yeah, uh, but um, what did I want to say about that? Anyway, it. I'm just. I totally get it now. It took me so long, and I've been thinking about this since that roundtable, and um, I've been doing things the hard way, and so finally, <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, awesome, sweet. So I'd like to share some of what I've created so far, and then I would like our uh, marketing experts on the show tonight, Amy and Michelle, to pick it apart. Tell me what I'm doing right what I'm doing wrong and how I should launch these. You know, I'm, I have some specific questions and I'd also just like to know what you guys think. So uh, put you guys on the spot. Uh, let's see here. Um, and so I'll, I'll save you guys from looking at it until uh, later in the show here. Sorry guys. I know there's a podcast that's a little bit tricky. Um, so put on your 3d, 3d goggles now. No, go, <laughs> go to artofthefloat.com and uh, find, find this page here. If you want to see some pictures of, of what I've come up with and then, you know, I probably will maybe in next week's episode, take what you guys have told me and, you know, show the next version of them mm, as well. A little before and after, or at least we'll put it up on social media at the very least. Sure. Nice. Or at least on art of the floats. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I want to bring on our guest, but first I do just want to mention again that we we have partnered up with ProFloat. Uh, this is uh, the well, they make float tanks. I mean, that's that's the baseline of what they do. But the really cool thing that I'm excited about they're doing currently is they are offering all the float products that you might need for your float centers, and their uh, repertoire, their selection is just getting bigger and bigger. It seems like every day, every time I visit it, there's you know another item or two on there. Uh, but what we would love for you to do is go to artofthefloat.com forward slash profloat. And if you go through that link, if anything that you purchase for your float center uh, just sends a few ducats our way, kind of kind of like our Amazon link. And you don't need to shop through that way every time. That's just kind of like a, uh, just opens the door and, and they remember that from then on. And uh, if you use the code AOF, it also means that shipping is free for any order of $200 or more, not including your float tanks. Sorry about that. <laughs> and <laughs> But uh, yeah, we're really excited about it because they're, um, I, I think I've talked about this before, but I feel like every single flow center has had this idea. Like we got to be the ones to actually create the one-stop shop for all of these different crazy float center needs. And uh, I really feel like ProFloat is doing it right. So I'm excited to partner up with them. 
So Art of the Float is excited to partner up with them on the whole. We're all stoked about it. Let's bring on our guest, Michelle MacArthur of Daydream Social Media. Michelle, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I teased it at the beginning of the show a little bit here, but we talked about the fact that you wanted to, and and maybe still do, uh, start a float center. How long ago was that? Yeah. So um, floating really, like like lots of people who want to open a center, it really changed my life. Um, My husband and I moved out to Vancouver last April. Um, and we, when we got here, we had the dreams of opening a float center. So we were kind of like looking for locations and things, just really researching, um, flotation in Vancouver. Um, and I got a a job at a couple different centers in town here. So I got to, to actually work in the centers and see what that was all about. Um, and, um, we just, uh, after about a year of, exploring that and the market currently in Vancouver, we just kind of stepped away from the idea just because of um, how many centers and how many nice centers are here in Vancouver. Um, So, um, you know, we, we just didn't want to add another one to the mix at this time. So um, when I say floating changed my life, it, it really did because it kind of forced my husband and I to like, look at our current life situation, which was back in Calgary, um, and just kind of reevaluate that and see, you know, if that was what we really wanted to be doing. Um, so we wanted to really help people. Um, and that's, you know, the floating was kind of the way that we wanted to do that initially. But as um, we decided to kind of step away from that idea, um, I have a background in social media from my time in Calgary. My sister and I actually had a small uh, social media company there um, from about 2011 till 2015. Oh, wow. um, okay. And we, um, we worked together, but we didn't really like have a niche per se. Mm-hmm. Um, so after kind of exploring Vancouver and the, and the market here, I wanted to still help the industry in a way that I knew how to, because I still wanted to be involved mm-hmm. um, just because I, I, I really do believe that um, the world will be a better place once everyone's floating. Um, nice. <laughs> like just, it's, it's so beneficial. And I just wanted to really help that. So I was like, how can I, um, take my skills and, and my knowledge and kind of work that into, into this kind of a model. And, um, here we are today. So nice. Yeah. Awesome. And, um, yeah. How did you end up well, what's specific about a float center? If you're, if that's the niche that you're looking at, how are you helping float centers specifically with social media? Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm kind of looking at like small businesses and entrepreneurs because it can be a lonely road, and lots of people who are opening float centers are, you know, a team of two people or one or one person even sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to have a model where people could come to get like a second opinion on their marketing or um, you know, just, just a board to, to bounce ideas off of. Um, yeah. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. And, you know, I think the big question that we want to tackle tonight is specifically about Facebook ads. Uh, Facebook likes to take our money and it, Mm -hmm. it it sends me pop-ups all the time asking for me to, to boost ads. Uh, Amy has talked about, uh, boosting ads and, and that being different, or excuse me, boosting posts, uh, and that being different than creating specific marketing content for yourself, you know, advertisements. Um, what is, 
maybe I know this is such a big a big question, but let's start talking about it. What is the best way to utilize Facebook ads? I think it's important for your business to really have a solid organic marketing plan. Um, so what I mean by that is just like what you guys were talking about before with like your branding and your messaging. I think it's really important to streamline that and you can use the organic posts as kind of like a test for your ads. So if you have an organic post that um, performed really well, maybe look at the copy that you put on there and see like, and the imagery or something and see like what made the, the post so popular with your, your following. Um, so I think that as part of any social strategy and a balanced sort of idea of it is like to have that messaging really dialed in and then using the Facebook posts boosted or an ad campaign to kind of solidify and deliver that message to more people. No, I think you already covered it, but maybe we can go a little bit deeper into this of how do we increase our organic reach? Yeah, so there's lots of different ways to do that. So you can, um, I like to think of social media as like a thoughtful experiment. So really paying attention to what time of day you're posting, um, any kind of um, original content content that you can create, like kind of like you were talking about, you know, the social media posts within Canva. Um, also creating a really informative blog would be great because then your the information you're sharing on your social channels comes directly from you. Um, then people really, you'll grow your trust factor by producing content for people to consume. Have you worked with Float Centers, centers where, they are where they are writing blogs? Writing blogs? Yeah, so um, I'm working with one right now here in Vancouver, and we're just really starting to get the blogging up and running because long are gone the days <laughs> where you could just go on Facebook. Like when we first started, my sister and I, you could kind of go on and share other information, and it would still reach a lot of people no, organically. Okay. Mm -hmm. But now we know that that's kind of, we know it's moving away from that. So really producing that organic content um, the, the from original, your own website, the original, the original, original organic content, content. Original yeah, content. original content. Got it. Got it. Um, then that uh, really helps your exposure because Facebook recognizes that it's yours. Interesting. So, and I, this might be outside your wheelhouse, but if it is uh, a single person or if it's just two people, two business partners, my memory of opening year years <laughs> was, you know, that salt water was up above my eyes and. Uh, I was I was struggling really hard. Do you have any recommendations for what kind of blog content works? How to consistently come up with blog content? How much do people read? You know, could it be a video as well, or what kind of a length would make a lot of sense? Please talk to me about the blog. Yeah. So for blogs, you, they're written primarily, um, and then you can also have like a video aspect of it. So one way you could distribute content um, is to take your blog post and then maybe make like small videos out of the content. Um, an example might be like some flotation tips um, and you might be able to take the, the video, like a video app. I know Canva has an animation feature. I haven't really hmm. checked it out that much yet, but um, maybe you could have like a, turn that into a video somehow and share that on Facebook just as a different type of content piece. Okay. So I, it, I, I hear, I, I hear a lot about video and, and, how it, I don't know, people seem to proclaim it's the, the future of, of, of media and, and certainly for Facebook advertising. How, how important is video to, to marketing yourself on Facebook? 
think it's important because that is the way, as you said, that the algorithm is moving to favoring video because people like to consume visual content. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important, but you don't want to just be, I don't, I think it should be well-planned. Like, I don't think you should just hop on there and just do it without thinking about it. But, right. um, you know, incorporating a Facebook live here and there is a really good idea because that's getting a lot of exposure right now. And I think it's just a good thing to incorporate slowly but surely. And it puts a, your personality out there. Like the guys at Floathouse do a really good job of, of being at the front of their, um, their video marketing. And I think that's really powerful. Hmm. Cool. Thanks. That's something we've talked about a lot is it, it's telling your story. And it's certainly we've talked mm-hmm. about during the roundtables a lot is it's, it's your story that you're telling through your email blast, your social media, any kind of communication, like people, people are latching onto that. So that, that certainly resonates with, with me and what we've been learning over the years about, about marketing is telling our story, letting you be that connection uh, of, of the face of your business doing that. I think that's difficult for some people. Sandra does not, I don't think she's been led one Facebook live video that we've done. It's just not her thing, but um, you got to find the person who's going to do that for your, for your business, one of your business partners or a manager or something like that nice yeah and it is challenging like the, and then there is other ways like if you're not necessarily comfortable with that right off the hop like maybe play with um a couple shorter videos that are just animations or something like that like that can be really good too and amy can you give your example of what you've done for warming yeah. up for, the, for facebook live <laughs> yeah facebook live is important and it is tough to do um and that's why on my personal channel i started every i was doing it every monday night for a while i was doing videos i was making cocktails every week i'd pick a cocktail i'd make the cocktail my friends would jump on and i would practice doing something while speaking answering questions and it became easier and easier and easier and if you look at my progression of facebook videos on uh, float nashville you can see that there's definitely uh, been an increase in how smooth they are. Um, I'm definitely better at planning it. I'm definitely better at speaking and pacing it. So practice makes perfect. I know it's hard. It's so hard to do for so many people. I'm an introvert. I hate mm-hmm. being in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you get practice. Uh, practice helps you get better. It's okay. Uh, so start on your own channel and do it regularly. And I always recommend doing something, explaining something or doing something you're very comfortable or confident with. It might not be cocktails. It might be, I don't know, building a Lego <laughs> Lego set or whatever. But um, pick something and do it until you feel good. But mixing a drink is recommended. That's but the recommended. Mixing a drink is, having a drink there no matter yeah. what is always recommended. <laughs> Cocktail, never hurt anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But it is, uh, the branding is important, uh, especially with float centers. Um, it really helps you stand out. It helps you find your tribe because we're all very different. And, you know, we always, uh, we, I say we always worry. Some people worry as new float centers move mm-hmm. in. It's like, oh my gosh, there's an, they're very different from you. Mm-hmm. And their people are going to be very different from yours. And it's all good. But this helps you establish who you are and, and uh, sets you apart. What have you seen, Michelle, up in Vancouver of the different, you said they were, you were like, ah, I'm not going to open one because there are so many. Mm-hmm. What, is, what are their different brandings like and how, the, how do they, do you feel like certain ones are going, I am, I am different, I'm doing my own thing, and others are maybe doing a hodgepodge, it's unclear what their brand is? Or is everybody no, like, clearly? I feel like everybody has their own vibe online and in, in their centers. Like, I visited most of them here, and um, they're all very different. Like, they all have different interiors, different feelings as soon as you walk in, different mm. equipment, um, 
different reasons why people that own them float, right? Um, So, and the approach to delivering the float experience is different as well, right? So I think it's really good to talk about all of those things, especially in a place like Vancouver where... um, where you need to differentiate yourself. But I like to think of it as like a yoga studio or something too. Like there's ones that I love and I really like going to and you know, those are your tribe and they will find you when you like you just use your social channels as a way to deliver that message to people. And when you visit, do you feel like uh, their float center is matching what their branding is on social media? Yeah, totally. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think they're doing a good job. So do you think most float centers are getting that part correct of who, who they are? Like in Vancouver specifically? No, or? no, I mean across the board. Like, do you, do you see this as a weakness or do you think maybe on the whole we kind of have the basics of this down? I really like the idea of like sharing with people what makes you float. Um, I like that idea because everybody puts like out there like these are the benefits of floating. Um, which is important information, of course, right? But I think really sharing why it helps you and how it helps um, maybe even your staff members or something like that, like I think that's a really good way to um, get that story out there because everybody's different um, for reasons of why they float. And I think delivering that info out there is, is, is a good way to start. Awesome. And, and that goes back to, to telling, telling your story, right? Or telling mm-hmm. a story. That's what people are, people are attracted to. I think the other thing that it does too that I want to I just want to point out that she's she's basically said is when you pick that one thing that's what helps you stand out when everybody's saying okay the benefits are pain management sports blah 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 people can't focus they they're going to you're going to catch their attention if you have that one thing that they can respond to that they can hmm. um, that they can attach to if you're trying to appeal to everyone uh, you don't nobody stands out so I really like that yes your Tell why you float. Yeah. Tell your story. Tell what you are there for. Mm-hmm. And the people who work there, because they must love it too, right? Yes, that, that's what I wanted to say was uh, our listeners and our, and our other hosts here know that we uh, have assigned, or excuse me, the float shop has assigned employees to write blog posts before. And before it was, uh, you know, do some research on a particular aspect of floating and write a paper on that. Very short. And I think what we should do now, and uh, I know Anna is doing the show notes tonight, so we've got a new assignment at the float shop, which will be to uh, write about what floating is doing, what it does for you. So every single employee will have written a short piece, and then we'll have the rest of the year's content for blog posts, uh, or at least one, one a month's worth for the rest of the year. And it covers all the beats that you're talking about. Fantastic. I'm I'm so excited. Great. Great. I love that idea. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. Yeah, I guess I should have ran it past you first. Uh, cool. That's great. And and the blog post is something that I, I do struggle with. And I, as much as we talk about the story being so important, I forget about that. And I always want to get down to the nitty gritty of, you know, th- this is the science behind her. This is this is what's happening um, or what what is proven. And it's like, you know what? That's good. But also the anecdotal, the the personal stories of what's going on is what really moves people. I, I, I lose track of that. I don't know why I so consistently do that. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And it's, it's hard not to do that. Like we just have to remember that there's people behind all the buttons and all the screens, right. right? And just remembering to connect with that piece of, of your audience, just remembering that I think will, will help kind of give you some direction maybe. 
You know, I, th I think the other thing we have a tendency to do as well is overcomplicate things. And we have to remember that ah. not everyone has been floating. In my case, I've been floating for mm. 20 years. That is not the case for the majority of people that are going to walk through your door. So a lot of our popular posts have been we take the frequently asked question and we expand on it. And nice. um, we had one of our employees write uh, one last a uh, few weeks ago about the over the, the floater who's a bit heavier on the heavier side. And our employee who struggled with that wasn't sure she could float. Uh, and came in and, and experienced it and, and, you know, was uncomfortable, was unsure, came in and experienced it. She wrote an article. She expanded on the frequently asked question, what if I, you know, am a heavier gal or heavier guy, can I float? And it was beautiful. It went over great. And nice. it's been one of our highest ranking blog posts. So don't, I think for me, I'm going to say this for people like me, don't overthink things. Even the most simplest things can really uh, connect with your, with your floaters. That's good stuff, Amy. That's a good reminder. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and and did you end up uh, boosting that post or using that for marketing? Uh, we use it uh, quite a bit in marketing, in our newsletter, uh, where we do curated cool. articles. Mm -hmm. uh, have not boosted it. It's been doing so great organically. Um, it's one of those that... You know, we posted it. It did great organically. We're going to probably post it again another six weeks. We're going to post it. You oh, know, keep posting it again and getting those organic uh, views on it. But um, it's not really one that I f that I feel we need to boost. Yeah, and and is nice that something though. that you do recycling? Simple things. Repost. I say recycling. Re re uh, posting your your blog posts. A Amy, I'm asking For you me? specifically. Heck, yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. Um, we have a few. Uh, you know. And I'm going to turn this over to Michelle. She's our expert tonight, and <laughs> Please, she'll yeah. be able to shed more light on this. But, um, you know, with Twitter, you can you can repost quite a bit. Um, but on Facebook, we have those few that every single freaking time we post it, we're getting 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 organic views. And those, there is no shame. Now, I wouldn't do it once a week, but we'll put it back in our queue for about six weeks out, and we'll keep doing that over and over again until we see them petering out. Now, each time they get a little bit less, a little bit less, except for... There's one in particular I'm thinking of that has not lost its uh, uh, its appeal, I guess. But, um, yeah, so we keep throwing them back in. Michelle, what is the rule of thumb on that? How do we need to think about um, tossing things back into our social media? Yeah, I think you, you're taking a good approach with that, Amy, because you're thoughtfully putting it out there like with time intervals, for one. Um, another thing you can do, too, is um, kind of if you've got a blog post and you played with one quote from it or something like that, and that was the copy you used within the post, you could try and see if there's another quote from within the same post that you might be able to use again um, to just change up the copy a, a wee bit, but still have that, that post that you wrote X number of weeks ago work for you um, so that you don't just leave the blog there and just let it sit there. Like there's, you put lots of effort into those. So repurposing it in different ways is, and reposting it is a good idea. Cool. Yeah, we have one that's two years old and we're still making it work for us. Nice. It's Amazing. Still do you change anything about it or do you just leave it we as always, is? We always change the, um, the quote or the mm. caption on it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we always change that, but that's the only thing. Uh, yeah, but it's still, like I said, it's two years old and we're still using it. We're still throwing, now we don't throw it out there every six weeks anymore, but we'll throw it out there once every two months or so. And I'm just amazed, I'm amazed. And the other thing we've done too, and I think maybe you were, that's exactly what you're saying is, well, we have pulled captions, we pulled a quote because the, the particular art article I'm thinking of, it's one of our, it was written by our employee who deals with migraines and she has, the, the tank has helped her with her migraines. And we've actually done like a quote card that with a graphic that we've thrown up. Um, so we've used it in different ways. And I'm just trying to get her to do a video on it and she, she won't. 
Right. Jessica, yeah. if you're listening, I need you. <laughs> the video camera. <laughs> just saying, no pressure. Starting your own personal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're both there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I feel like, unless, Brian or Amy, unless you have another question, I feel like this is a good time for me to show what I've been working on because yeah. I feel like a lot of the things I'm already like, oh, this really doesn't cover the things <laughs> that uh, have been described here. So I'm going to share my it. screen. Yeah, I'm going to do it. So I took a screenshot of this earlier, so I'll post that on uh, our, our website just so you can see what Canva looks like. And uh, it's, it's great and just then that you can, again, choose your own font already, uh, upload pictures, all that stuff. Uh, shameless plug here, if you're supporting us on Patreon at the $10 level or higher, you get uh, all sorts of great high-resolution images of floaters. And so I just took a whole bunch of pictures of people floating and... What I've done is I, I put it up and then I added uh, a little bit of text that describes one aspect of floating in one word or two words. And then what I also did was I added a little bit of a border around just to add a little splash of color for branding. And then uh, those uh, up in the corner is our, our logo with, uh, I'm not describing this very well, but the, uh, the border kind of comes out of that logo. Yeah, terrible description. That's why you want to go to artofthefloat.com. <laughs> uh, and so uh, the first one that we're looking at, it's, a, a, in, it's one of my favorite shots. Uh, it's really beautiful. Um, an eye looking right at the camera of somebody floating half of their face, and it says focus. And so let me just describe what my plan for this would be, uh, which is, A, I should say that it'd be a series of these, and I'll, I'll scroll down and show you the rest of the rough drafts that I have so far. But... Um, uh, it says focus, and then I would assume in the text region it would say, uh, you know, uh, something something about focus, or uh, I've got attitude, I've got post-float glow. I would just basically go into a short paragraph about how it can help increase your focus or help uh, for a better night's sleep, and just go, go into a little bit more of that rather than just the one word, like elaborate on it. And then uh, I was thinking that each one would go to a blog post. Uh, they would all go to the same blog post that would go into the, uh, all the different benefits of floating and uh, just so they have somewhere to go. And of course, that would be on our site and would have a, an option to, to schedule from, from inside that blog post as well. Um, so please, uh, I'll, I'll leave this to Amy and Michelle uh, to, to uh, start pick, picking this apart. But what are you? What are your first impressions? First of all, <laughs> I, I have a comment on the designs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I don't remember. It. Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, so you have so you have the the images of floaters in the background, and your logo in the upper left, and then you mm -hmm. have these, um, you know these these words like focus, um, yeah. or or calm, uh, surrounded by these, um, kind of boxes of different varying widths. Uh -huh. And 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 the the so, typeface so yeah, they have a little slight background. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So so the typeface you chose for the text and those those bounding boxes just feels very corporate like banking business card to me. Okay. Um, I don't know, and that that's just the sense I get from it. I also interviewed a bunch of bankers last night at an HOA meeting, so maybe that's just what's that's on my really mind. Funny. Um. But it just, it doesn't feel, it feels a little too, uh, like, sterile. It doesn't, it doesn't feel in line with the kind of warm hug float shop mm, brand, in my opinion. Okay. But yeah, that's actually good. I wasn't even necessarily 
that's not where my head was at about asking for questions. It was more how to utilize this, but that's right. Perfect. I know. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I... No, 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 no. That's a, that's a great, like I could change the tint on the background to be more of a float shop color, even like one of the purples that we use. Uh, there are some sky blues it might blend a little bit too much into the, into the water. But, um, I, I, so first one thing I'm, I'm talking up Canva. Now I'm going to talk it down. I was really, um, unhappy with how many background shapes I could use behind a word and um, maybe I should go for one of the more, I don't know, playful is the right word, but just a little bit more interesting uh, backgrounds than just a, a business card square. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I hear is, you is on that, that. Is that whole square a singular background, yeah. or is it a yeah. combination of things? Okay, it, it so you can't, you can't knock out the like outer box, for example, if you wanted to. That's correct. Okay. I cannot do that. Yeah. Uh, cool. I'll, I'll play with that. And, and, you know, one thing I do like about it is I feel like it looks clean and professional. Mm -hmm. And so, but mm -hmm. maybe it's too sterile if, if you don't know our brand and this is your first impression. Yeah. Well, thank you, Brian, for that insight. Now back to Amy and Michelle, the people I asked about. <laughs> I just want you to know, Dylan, I yeah. would never, yeah. ever, ever criticize your graphics because I personally make the ugliest graphics ever. That's really funny. But and it's, and it's my, my, my staff, staff is like, please don't, don't. Please, <laughs> please don't do anything. But please, please don't, don't let that hold you back. <laughs> I, I would love your honest <laughs> feedback. Uh, so, uh, yes, so, please. Yeah, uh, uh, Michelle? Michelle? Yeah, I like that you've chosen to use people in your images because mm. people love people um, from a marketing perspective. And they're, they all have a really big um, eye aspect. So it kind of mm. makes you connect with them that way. And they all look very happy. Um, the branding piece, I would agree, like you don't, if, if it was your first interaction with it, you might not know, um, who it is. So you could even put your handle on there somewhere in a, maybe a corner or something like that. So people know where to find you online, just maybe something small in the corner. Okay. And I, I would agree with the text. It does feel a little, um, businessy. Yeah. Like, okay. thank okay. you. Yeah. So I, I like the round, the rounded text myself. Cool. Yeah, like a, a soft cursive or something might be kind of nice. Oh, oh, the actual font itself. Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that, like that, that... And then not even use any box or anything. Keep it nice and clean. Like I said, here I am giving you freaking graphic <laughs> art suggestions, really. I shouldn't do that ever. Well, and I'm, I'm uh, sorry to de derail the conversation into a but, design critique, but... No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. Be well, unless all of our listeners have 100% figured out uh, design, <laughs> I think this is a valid very valid topic. So um, this is a font that we have decided to use that we want to use for the float shop. So we, I will say we will not be changing this specific font. We use Google Honf, this crazy font for our actual logo, but that uh -huh. looks terrible for, for anything more than our logo. Uh, so this is what we use for uh, any, any kind of headlines, anything like that. So that won't change, but uh, I could certainly change the soft background behind it or just have it be the text alone um, I just deleted the background. Does that look any better to you guys? Just font alone? Um, or do you think having a, a better shape, a little bit warmer, maybe some color to it would, would be better? Color would be nice. Color. Mm -hmm. Once again, here I am giving, but <laughs> I'm going to move away from graphic information real quick. Um, one thing I do, like you're making it a series, and I think there's probably a way to even bring it together a little bit more. Hmm. But I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, oh, this would be kind of a very, very cool uh, this could end up being a very cool like, carousel ad. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, that, that has come to mind. So yeah, okay, I want to ask about how do I launch this as a campaign? I've, I have launched social media campaigns before, but they've all had like a, um, sorry, Amy, did you, were you going to say I was going to ask, before you, before you go in, I think probably one of the relevant questions that would help Michelle in particular would be, what is the purpose of this? What do you want to, to happen with this? Yeah. What would be, mm-hmm. what would make this ad, what would you say was successful if it happened when you put up this ad? And that would help her probably too. Okay, great. Yeah. So the the last campaign that we did was for our summer float uh, um, challenge, and that went off fantastic. Uh, people saw that. People signed up. People inquired. That was a success to me. That made sense. This one is uh, more ambiguous. It it is more in my in, in my head pan, it would be to raise your education level. And so this is to bring you to a blog post to, you know, kind of sparks your interest about it and then to learn more about it, um, on the blog and then potentially to drive that somebody to actually schedule at our float center. So you want to, you're going to measure it by how many people click from this to your blog post, to your, to your three, to your blog post. Is that right? Well, uh, that sounds like a good idea, but I'll let Michelle answer my question for me. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't quite thought that far, which, you know, should I be starting there first of what is my goal and then creating an, a campaign around that instead of doing it the way that I'm going? You should definitely have a goal in mind for the ad. Um, even when you go to start putting it in Facebook, it'll ask you your goal right off the hop right, anyhow. Right. So it's a good idea to to have that outlined prior to creating anything for it. But um, if the goal is to have people visit your website as well, you could even maybe use this as um, to take people to your email, sign up to your email list Mm -hmm. on your blog post if you had that there. Um, Just because I know email marketing, um, just having those warm leads and getting traffic to your website where people could connect with you in that more personal way, you could almost use that as a goal as well. Okay. Nice. Uh, so, I mean, what, when you look at this, what would the goal be and and the way that I've described it, what would you consider the goal? So I would say this is awareness for flotation therapy benefits, Mm -hmm. um, and brand awareness for, um, new customers. So people who might not necessarily know who you are or, um, what, what you do and would be inclined to be like, Oh, what is this? Right. So it's more educational. So instead of asking our existing clientele, you know, do you get a good night's sleep after a float? That's one of them. Here we go. Do you get deep sleep? Uh, Instead of that, this would be something, while maybe we would post it to people who like our page, mainly this would be a marketing, something that I would send out to people who do not like the float shop. Yeah, you could. Or you could use it like... It could go either way, right? It could be um, one, you could test which it's better received by. So if it's somebody who, um, you could see which um, which audience is more receptive to, to it. But to me, it's more of an education thing right off the hop. But if you wanted to encourage um, sharing with your page in like an organic kind of way, maybe not using it as a paid incentive maybe you could ask your current following just to like facebook posts utilizing the same image you know one at a time maybe um just say does it help with that so you could use the content again just in a different presentation okay yes great that kind of reusing reusing of the content excellent cool uh this is a, I don't know, this is a weird question, but do you think this could be successful? I mean, does this seem decent to you? 
uh, as, as a campaign? I think so. I mean, if I would add, again, I would add, if you're using it for that brand awareness and driving people to your website, I would put like a little bit, um, just text around, just at art or pardon me at the float shop somewhere mm -hmm. so people know where to find you but yeah. I think it's it's a good start and you can see how people respond to the imagery and the copy that you use so I think it it's a good good one and driving people to that blog post is is good too got it cool Brian any other thoughts <laughs> on my color palette <laughs> No, I'm sure. Uh, um, uh, I'm sure you'll do some more experimenting and and find something that'll that you guys will be happy with. So, what what have you learned, Brian, from this this just this little walkthrough here and and Amy and Michelle's feedback, like looking at this and what it will be? What are you walking away with? Well, I mean, Michelle was talking about the importance of not forgetting, giving giving a bread trail so people know how to get to your business. You know, mm -hmm. just the the logo and a word is. You know, if, if people are seeing that it and not in relation to a float shop blog post or something, mm -hmm. if like the image is pulled off of Google from the blog post and someone tweets it out, like, and someone sees just the oh, image. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That you know, how, how are they going to know that there's a blog post or a business associated with that? Um, would, would I want just the general website or would I want it to go specifically to the blog post if I was to just put some text in the lower right corner? Let's say. Oh, just general website, just because, just to keep things clean and tight. Yeah. Like you're on the image, you mean? Yeah. I would just put your social media handles or the the root um, website, like Brian was saying. Okay, cool. Awesome. And then, how much text are people going to read on a Facebook page? Do I just want a sentence or two underneath? Like, how much contextual stuff can I actually add to that, or do I want it all to be just in that image, and then you know maybe have a link? Yeah, the shorter the better for um, Facebook. I find that the less text that I put in any posts and ads is, is better. Um, you want it to be, if it, you're using it at an ad capacity, you really want it to grab people. So consider um, a headline, a catchy headline or something that will really draw people right, in. Right, okay. Interesting. Okay, cool. I love it. Thank you, guys. Uh, is there anything else that you guys want to tear this apart with no is there anything else that you guys want to say about <laughs> <laughs> i like your brand colors dylan oh cool thanks yeah th th <laughs> these like might change <laughs> thanks amy these <laughs> so uh, these might change a little bit uh i tried to approximate what we our brand colors uh from our website but uh it wasn't wasn't very successful with that so i'll, I'll get that those numbers from from sandra oh and that's another important thing sandra hasn't seen these yet so these would look very different had sandra seen these already because she always totally crazy refines my rough ideas i think i have decent ideas and then she makes them quality good <laughs> usable yeah cool all right so um i want to go back to our very first question that that uh i tried getting at we got a little little um diverted here and i think we have covered some of the answers, which is, um, what is the best way to utilize Facebook ads? What um, are we actually paying for? And we talked about uh, finding the organic reach that makes sense. Um, but you talked about wanting to have a goal. So if I just have a float center, I've been open. Well, let's say I haven't opened yet, or I am open. Uh, I've been open a year. You know, what should my goal be each time I create a campaign? Should it always be an awareness campaign? Should I always be getting somebody to try to schedule with us? How do I determine that? And how do I decide um, that I should pull the trigger on spending money on a Facebook ad? 
Well, I always tell people um, if they're working with a small budget and just starting out, like, um, especially if you're not open yet and you're not making moolah at the moment, um, it's a good idea to just start with that organic messaging, like I said before. But once you're ready to invest in that, um, test out a few, like we were talking about, just with different ad copy and things like that, and see which ones perform best before you invest larger amounts of money in it because it can be confusing. And I mean, you want to make sure your targeting um, within the ad is is going to deliver results for you. So that's something else I would say is, is really um, trying to, to get that targeting down. But as far as the objective, it'll always be different based on where you're at with your business and, and what your ultimate goal is. So if you're just starting out and awareness is your thing, then an awareness um, traffic campaign to your website would probably be best because you'll get exposure and you can target it towards um, those that you that you want to see it like within your um, within your actual area um, and yeah I would I would go with that first and then you're always driving people to that website and it's something that you would do uh, we were talking about uh, Facebook pixels on a previous episode uh, pretty recently would you then use those awareness campaign uh, clicks to then remarket again towards you know one more step in that funnel of getting them to schedule. Yeah, eventually. So there's um, I, my understanding of the pixel is that um, the more data it has, the better it works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you've got it installed in your on your website page from the outset, um, then you can have those are those traffic campaigns driven to your website where it'll collect the data of the website visitors. And the longer you do that, the better the pixel will work in the long run. So um, just make sure that it's there to begin with, and then you can really start digging into it once you get the handle of, of your targeting and, and your messaging. Nice. Let me ask, you know, there's a lot of float centers who are very small, one, two-person uh, or uh, organizations or businesses, what is some advice that you can give a small float center who's struggling to do all the stuff? Because you know, not only they're doing their social media, but they're also doing their, you know, their market or their um, their finances and the day to day and the managing and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. What are some tips that you can give them to to basically help them cut through and get to the the most important stuff that they need to be doing? for themselves and for their business. Please. For sure. <clears throat> so I would say don't try to be everywhere all at once right from the beginning. I would say um, really focusing on um, cre- creating those blog posts as a number one and then using like two platforms and getting really good at those two platforms and get a really good following on those two platforms and then branch out into other places if, if it makes sense for your brand at that time. But you don't want to overexert yourself especially right off the hop, because if you have a quiet channel or a quiet um, profile, it can, you know, it just doesn't look that great for your business. So I know it can be tough, but maybe just commit to like a frequency of once a month of blogging and then really trying to drive traffic to that blog post organically to start with like a Facebook and an Instagram account. Those are probably the best places in my opinion right now. Oh, and frequency of posting. I get this question a lot. Yeah. Tell, oh, yeah. tell them about frequency of posting. Does it have to be every day to make a difference? I mean, it, it depends on your audience. So if you're posting all the time and people are loving it and they're, they're sharing it and all that stuff, I think that it's, you know, good. But if you're, 
receiving negative feedback, like you can actually see within Facebook Insights on your posts what happens every time you post it. So if you're noticing a trend where, say, you're losing followers or, I don't know, people just aren't responding to it, you might want to consider looking into those insights and just see... Um, see what's happening and see and test out different frequencies because, you know, you never know, right? And that's the hard part about social media is that you always have to be testing. Um, but at the same time, it's, um, I would start slow and pick it up versus going the other way of just like posting all the time. Right. I would just and do then it. dropping off and then apologizing <laughs> that you weren't right. there and then doing it and apologizing. Yeah. 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 That always yeah. Good, point. good point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds somewhat familiar. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I, I was not directing that to anyone in particular, but I do know that it's it's a it's an issue for a lot of people because yeah. you get you get excited about it yeah. and you do it for this short period of time, and then you let it go, and then you come back and apologize, and as you look back, remember the internet the internet is forever, and you can look back through, and it just uh, yeah. So uh, I think it's I think it's great great advice. Start slow, commit to something, and if you get excited about it, well, then you just put all those into your queue, and you got right. some stuff later on, and then you can step it up. So nice. I think that's awesome. Michelle, before we go, is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners? Any information that you want to part? Just impart? if if you feel like you need a little hand or, or anything, I, I can show you around. So I'm yeah. happy. So how how would they find you? So you can go to my website at www.daydreamsocial.com or I'm on Facebook right now at Daydream Social. So I hope to see you there. Excellent. And we'll definitely include those links on our page as well. So it's easy to easy to find you. If, you. if you're just remembering to check it when you get home, you're listening to this while you were mopping up your float center, which I love is a, is a very common way of people <laughs> to listen to our, to our uh, podcast. So, Michelle, thank you so much, so much, so much for joining us tonight. That was great for me, and I think it'll be great for our listeners as well. So thank you so much. I really genuinely appreciate it. Please find Michelle if you want more assistance with uh, building out your Float Center social media awareness and getting people into your Float Center. Um, talking to her off the air, I, it sounds like uh, she makes quite a difference, quite an impact on people who are utilizing her her knowledge and uh, what she's able to do. So find her and uh, let's see here beyond that uh, oh I want to give a shout out to how could I forget float away my goodness these guys have been supporting us since the beginning thank you guys so much uh, definitely um, interested in their new float tank especially that the freaking technology that they're using in it which is uh, an inflatable float tank which becomes absolutely rigid once it's completely filled up. I actually got to play around in this thing at the float conference without any water in it, but I was actually sitting on the walls, leaning against them, and it's this incredible thing so that if you're interested in using your float tanks for mobility, uh, actually like moving your float tanks to more than one location, so maybe you don't just have a brick and mortar, uh, this could potentially be the perfect thing for you. I mean, it could be great in your home as well, but it's durable enough that it could be used for commercial use. So very exciting. You'll want to go to www.floataway.com to check them out. And uh, also just congrats to them again for having a USA branch uh, now. I'm really excited about that. And they're building their float tanks in the U.S. So congratulations, Floataway. Very, very cool. 
Uh, if you want to learn more about creating original marketing content, visit artofthefloat.com forward slash roundtable for our marketing roundtable on September 27th. I also want to, again, just give a shout out to everybody who's supporting us on our Patreon account. That means a lot to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I also want to let you guys know that I am available for consulting. That's also on the website if you're interested. Uh, just uh, find the consulting tab and... Uh, we can absolutely talk about that. And thank you to Anna for the show, uh, writing tonight's show notes. Thank you so much. And remember, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing. So spend some time there. We'll see you next week. Bye.